You're listening to Storm and Sky, and I'm your host, Desiree. Thanks for being here. Today, we are talking about our children's emotional and mental well-being during a time of crisis and the importance of play and active listening and the enduring role of protective factors during this time. We essentially have the ability to set the stage in the morning and to close the show in the evening. That's essentially how I feel each day when I'm with my kids. We also have a lot of power in the way that we can influence what information they consume and how they consume it. And we act as gatekeepers of information. In that, we have an opportunity to really manage and acknowledge our own fears and our wonderings and anxieties with other adults in our communities. And so it's really, really important that at this time, that we are all reaching out to people in our tribe to help us process what's happening on a day-to-day. So I, for example, typically have a number of chats going on both in work and in personal life. And each of those groups is made of different people in my life and they all serve a different purpose. They all entered my life in different times of my life. And so some of those conversations are about the news headlines Some of them are about food. Some of them are about some of the memories that we've made with each other. And so each of these sort of mini clusters of people all serve a purpose in supporting me through each day. And so one of the things that I started doing to help myself so that I could support my own children is to continue having those chats, whether through text or through video chats, sending handwritten letters, going old school, and actually going out to get some really awesome stamps. And um, over time, it has become my saving grace, actually, to know that I'm connected to others who are essentially going through the same thing as me. And so that is sort of the silver lining is that I feel like I haven't been more connected to my tribe. And I guess from here, I will share sort of six pieces of information that you might consider when thinking about being in crisis and supporting your children's mental and emotional well-being. And it really begins with us. And so I go back to that point of who's in your tribe so that you can take care of yourself and try and be sort of your best version of yourself when you are with your children. And so one of the things that I have noticed that has been really effective is taking inventory of the media consumption that we have been doing at home. And the initial sort of outbreak of things my partner and I were consuming just about everything. And at some point, we ended up agreeing together that we would actually limit ourselves. So for example, we're not watching the news, you know, all day, every day, there might be a certain point in time in which we're doing that. And then when our children are with us, because we are a blended family, we do um, a two week on two week off rotation. When our children are with us, we actually don't watch or listen to anything really news related if we can help it uh, when they are here 
And part of that really is, again, knowing that we have the ability to control the narrative for them, um, to be that filter, to be that gatekeeper, so that we can sort of break down the information into bite-sized, developmentally appropriate pieces for them to consume and digest. For example, you might think about when you're in the car together and you're driving somewhere and you're listening. One of your things is to listen to NPR, for example. And that is one of the ways a lot of the parents in my community, when I was in the classroom, one of the ways they sort of, they just didn't realize that that was a way that their children were being sort of passively um, exposed to that information, which may, may turn into stress. And so thinking about limiting that again in your home, if at all possible. And, you know, there are some cases in which you are living with other sort of extended family members. So considering creating respectful and flexible parameters when consuming, um, news information so, for example, if you know that your in-laws are really into watching the news at a certain time of the day, that might be a time in which, if you're able to, you might take a walk with your kiddos or engage in a game, a board game together in a different room. The next point that I want to make is just the importance of play. Play is a means and a language and a vehicle for processing the world around them. I taught in play-based programs and so I'm a huge believer in the power of play and I learned over time to not be to refrain from being an intrusive adult so learning how to observe to sit back quietly and to insert myself when it made sense to do so I used to be the educator who just talked a lot And so that has a way of framing or redirecting their play, which you can use, you know, to your advantage. But for the most part, play oftentimes is very therapeutic for children. Uh, Imagine what it is that you do as an adult to play, right? And so that is just one thing to think about in your own home is how much play are you cultivating or inspiring at home? And one of the things that we love having here is a ton of recycled materials and loose parts to really spark imaginary play, especially. One of the favorite things that my kids love receiving is uh, large Amazon boxes because then they turn into rockets or homes, things that they can create and come back to. My brother, for example, shared that he has been breaking down the boxes into squares and so they create structures out of the square cardboard with painter's tape and potentially paint on them to take it you know a step further so that's one thing to consider is think about holding on to those recyclables so that you can extend the materials that you have on hand one last thing about play is that it's a common language we all know how to play and so it's just it just makes you as an adult more approachable. Uh, it's a common language between adult and child. And it has its way of leveling you with your child, which is a really beautiful thing. One of my co-parents actually said to me, 
you know, I hadn't realized just how shy or introverted um, our daughter is. And so when she says, can you play with me? It may actually mean I need to talk to you or process something with you. My third point is to observe and document sort of tantrums, irritability, and sensitivity. You might find that over time there's a pattern. So it may help you clue into sort of your routine of the day. Might there be adjustments that you might make to help that? And then at some point, you know, it's just really hard to be home all the time. Our children's lives have been flipped upside down without their choice, without their feedback or insight. They're no longer seeing a lot of the people that they are typically used to seeing each day, each week. And so there are a lot of unanswered questions, questions that we may not necessarily be able to answer. And so these might be ways, again, tantrums, irritability, sensitivity, they are ways of us knowing that something is happening for them. And so then you show up for them, essentially. Next, I want to go into protective factors and how protective factors sort of blend into predictability. So, you know, it's, it's an unpredictable time. And so it's ever more so important to include as much predictability within the home as much as possible. And so one of the things that I have really appreciated about my own life and my own childhood is the fact that my family had dinner around the table each night. In fact, I hold on to this value so, so strongly and so dearly that this is an important part of my own value set now as a parent. And so that is what we do now as much as we can help it. And just having those rituals, rituals create predictability. And the more protective factors that you can include in your life as an individual and as a member of a family, the more it can offset stress and anxiety. So you might consider, for example, creating a loose schedule for yourself and your family. It's really important to include some flexibility there because um, this is just not the time to be focusing on those things that you typically would be focusing on. And actually that goes into my next point, my fifth point, which is, you know, practice flexibility throughout the day. Practice immense levels of grace throughout the day, whether for yourself, for others, for your children, for your partner. Choose your battles. That's a big one. I mean, again, there are things that really matter or used to really matter. But you realize now that we're all just trying to get through each day because many of us are now homeschooling on top of trying to work, on top of prepping meals and all of the things that come with being a family in a home. And so I have actually been doing brain dumps, um, essentially journaling during the day or at the very end of the day and that has really proven to be helpful for me the more grounded I feel the more grounded 
my kids hopefully feel. And finally, my sort of sixth point is taking breaks, finding ways to create small breaks for yourself. I'm actually recording the podcast at the moment in our closet. One for good acoustics and two, um, everyone else is kind of sprinkled around our home right now. Uh, At the end of the day today, I was pretty wiped. I was working and then also just ensuring the kids were entertained because they're technically still on spring break and then prepping meals throughout the day. And I decided that for myself, I needed to sit on my bed and play a little bit of Animal Cross Crossing on uh, on Nintendo Switch. And my kiddo peeped my his head in and he said, hey, what you doing? I said, you know, I'm actually taking a break. Um, I'm gonna, mom is gonna come out in five minutes. And so he said, all right, I'll see you in five minutes. And he closed the door. The guilt definitely rushes in. And then at the same time, I know that I'm doing something for myself after having made it through yet another day of being sheltered in place. So, I mean, that's where we are. And I give it up to all of us for having made it this far. And so I hope that what I've shared today proves useful. And I invite you to give me feedback on the Anchor page or on the app. There's a message feature for me. I'd love to hear more from you. Do you want me to expand on a few things a little bit more, for example? You can also leave a comment for me on my Instagram page or send me a direct message at storm.and.sky. I'll talk to you soon. Allow me to leave you with one last thought. I'm going to read a note that has gone viral online. And although it refers to schoolwork, I truly believe that this pertains to any parent that is at home trying to work during the crisis and have their children at home. And it goes like this. Dear parents, don't stress about schoolwork. In September, I will get your children back on track. I am a teacher and that's my superpower. What I can't fix is social emotional trauma that prevents the brain from learning. So right now, I just need you to share your calm, share your strength, and share your laughter with your children. No kids are ahead. No kids are behind. Your children are exactly where they need to be. With love, all the teachers on planet Earth. Thank you.